0: Tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast, my prayer today is these words will speak to you where you live and create lasting change. Lord, bless these thoughts. Thank you for your people. Thank you for this season in history that we're in. We are we are handpicked by God to uh, be ministers of life, <clears throat> ministers of hope, ministers of truth, and uh, give us boldness, courage. In these days, Lord, uh, may your Bible speak to us. May it be shouting at us. The shout of the king is among us, Lord. We want to hear that shout of a king be among us, Lord. Bless these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so <clears throat> I want to think about this thought about a, a shep- people being shepherded. And I know there's a movement. That's been around for a long time. That I I want to look at this differently in this sense about Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if you look through Psalm 23, it's very interesting when you think about sheep. Okay. A couple of things about sheep. They are dirty, right? They're dumb. Right. They, they definitely need a shepherd because they'll just wander off a cliff somewhere. Right. Uh, when you read through Psalm 23, it's interesting because a lot of those verses are depicted specifically for just the way a sheep operates. Right. They're very insecure animals. They're very jittery. Right. And, um, I was just refreshing my, my mind with somebody on this that, you can't push a sheep. Like if you go behind them and try to push them to move them, they will, they're will they stubborn. They will dig in their heels and they'll stay where they are. You have to walk in front of the sheep and start walking in front of them, and they'll start to move because they need to be led. It's very interesting. Another thing about a sheep is they need to have still waters to drink. They will not drink if the brook... Or the water is rushing. It won't, they will not drink. So that's why we see in Psalm 23 that he leads us by still waters. Another interesting thing is a sheep will not lay down if it's anxious. So when he says, lie me down in green pastures, it's literally speaking about in the first couple of verses of Psalm 23 that God is quieting us in his mercy. So a sheep, naturally will not lay down if it's anxious. And we can see that in our world today. People are very anxious. They're troubled. Their emotions are disrupted. And uh, it's because they need a shepherd. They need a shepherd. Uh, so it's also interesting when a sheep falls down and it's on its back and legs are up, it cannot turn itself back on its feet. It'll actually die on its back. So sheep need a shepherd to, when they fall or tip over, they need help to be tipped back up on their feet. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that describe a lot of us? <laughs> so uh, so I want to talk about the the need for shepherding. And I think our nation is really in a place where there's a lot of preaching a lot of teaching, a lot of screaming uh, on both sides but i i I, f- I sense that our nation, our people, our circles, our neighborhoods, our neighbor ourselves need a shepherd now what 's interesting about a shepherd is when they're when they're walking and leading their their um, their herd, I guess that's a, a herd of sheep, right? Is that right, Jesse? It's a flock? Isn't it a flock of birds? I think it's a herd. Anyway, uh, we'll let the English teachers correct me on that, but, uh, it's a, it's a herd, I think, but there's a sheepdog, right? There's a sheepdog. What does the sheepdog do? Anybody know? Keeps them in, right? And, uh, it barks to make sure they keep in a pack right? So they they don't wander off. Now, it's interesting. We can be like a sheepdog. We can just be, in so many words, kind of barking instruction, kind of uh, being very uh, dogmatic in the sense of, in being very instructional. But a shepherd leads by example. They have this big staff. What does the staff do, right? Well, it probably helps the shepherd stay standing after a long day of walking, maybe. It's a, it's an assistant there. But if you ever look at the way the staff is shaped, it's shaped with that curve. So, number one, to beat away the wolves or any enemy. But also, secondly, it's designed, if the sheep wanders off and gets stuck, that staff can be extended to wrap around the neck of the sheep to pull them out of a precarious place. So the the staff is very, very important, too. So just thinking about a shepherd is there is great care. uh, There is great concern. The shepherd is observing his sheep. Uh, They are, uh, you know, again, each shepherd has a specific noise to call the sheep. Uh, The shepherd in John chapter 10, I mean, the sheep in John chapter 10 know the voice of the shepherd. And they come as they're called because the shepherd knows them by name. And we've seen that, uh, in the Middle East where there can be a certain sound to organize the sheep, but they will not respond to the hireling. They will not respond to the person that is, uh, does not lay down its life for the sheep, right? So I just want to give that background as we think about, um, the, 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 the shepherd. Okay so look at with me in Joel 2:17. I've been thinking about this verse. Uh and as you're turning to Joel, I want to show you something in Ezekiel, okay Ezekiel. Now Ezekiel 34 is is an interesting chapter where the prophet is chastising uh shepherds that are not real. He is chastising them. They You know, if you read that chapter, it shows that uh, the shepherd that is uh, doing what they're doing for their own personal gain, there is a there's a judgment on them, actually. And, And we see this in verse 11 of Ezekiel 34. It says, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I will both search my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd that seeks out his flock in the day that is that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. I will deliver them out of the places where they've been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from my people and gather them from countries and bring them to their own land and feed them among the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabitant places of the country. So this is referring to Israel. God is going to gather his sheep. But can't you see this now? especially in our nation where there's such backwards thinking backwards absolutely backwards communication uh, it's demonic it's absolutely demonic what we are experiencing um and so yes there is a time for preaching all day long and and I don't want to minimize the value of preaching and we see that in John 123 where John the Baptist preached and declared the word and the way of the Lord. And he cried out in the wilderness. Sometimes I feel like as preachers, we're crying out into the wilderness, right? I mean, and John the Baptist's message was all about Jesus coming, right? The Messiah. You know, it's interesting when you look at Isaiah and Jeremiah, Isaiah for 40 years was like John the Baptist crying out into the wilderness. To a nation whose ears were closed. To a distracted nation. To a nation that was apathetic and, uh, numb, desensitized. And then you have Jeremiah that comes on the scene, the weeping prophet, who's now preaching in a nation that's captive. They, they, sin has left, led them into captivity. So we see Isaiah as the preacher, but Maybe Jeremiah was a preacher as well, but more of a shepherd. Maybe that's my comparison. But, but think about this, what's written here in Ezekiel 34. He's saying if, if, uh, if the example of God's heart, by the way, he gives you shepherds after his own heart, Jeremiah 3.15, amazing verse. He gives me shepherds after a, his own heart. Ecclesiastes 12.11, he gives one shepherd. And what that means is Jesus is the chief shepherd, right? He's the chief shepherd in Ecclesiastes 12.11. So a pastor, teacher, and a shepherd, these are gifts to our lives to lead us when the road gets precarious, when the road gets difficult, or wrong leadership is, uh, is trying to lead these dirty, dumb animals, right? So Jesus is saying here, I will search. I will seek. I will feed. It's amazing. 34, Ezekiel 34, that as we are in the Bible, as we are drawing near, as we are seeking God, we will be searched out, we will be provided for, and we will be protected. Jesus himself will be our great shepherd. Thank you, God. He will never abandon the sheep. Uh, he will never uh, stop uh feeding the sheep. And I, I just think in our nation right now, um loving and caring the person for the for the person in front of us is critical right now. Because many in Mark here's another verse, Matthew 9, 34 through 36, that verse is depicting where we are today. People are scattered like sheep without a shepherd. That's amazing, isn't it? So you know i just uh you know watched something recently about a pastor that you know and, and again we're not critical but i'm just saying this because he was justifying why his church is closed and and again i am not judging him but i am that is a strange move in my mind because right now the church of god is designed to shepherd the people of God. Because the people of God, if they don't have a shepherd, what happens to sheep? They wander off cliffs. The, they get snatched by wolves. They fall on their back and they die because they don't have the strength to tip back up. They stop drinking because there's too much, or stop lying down and resting because there's too much anxiety. The sheep will die without a shepherd. They die thank god in our ministry and many others there's a shepherd that gives his life for the sheep and maybe god will use you and me to be a be a shepherd to somebody a caretaker of their soul in this sense where there's prayer there's listening ear there's a personal instruction to help a person get out of a rut or maybe they're stuck or depressed or confused, tremendous amount of confusion. If I am looking at everything without a proper balance, like we heard last night in the Bible, we're going to be raving lunatics. We're going to be, we're going to go into lunacy and we're going to start to sound like CNN or Fox News, right? And that's not helping anybody, right? Well, I want to sound, <laughs> I want to sound like someone that is speaking from the Bible. Amen. All right, look at Joel 217. Uh, Because, you know what, talking about the problem doesn't solve the problem. You ever ever talk to somebody like, all they can talk about is a problem? It's like, I don't want to hear about the problem anymore. I want to talk about how to move through it. Like we always say this with conflict management. Building a relationship beyond the conflict. Don't don't analyze it until you're green. You know, it's like, okay. We can know more about the problem than about the solution. Get on our knees. We seek the heart of God. God is shepherding us. And guess what? He'll give you the way through. And it may be very different than what we're expecting. And I think we're in that day. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about the problem. A lot of people. And I get it. But the way through is to talk about the Lord and to... To be a shepherd. Well, look at Joel 2.17. This is the answer. Okay, great passage here. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare the people. O Lord, give not thine heritage to to the reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? This is the heart of a shepherd. They are weeping between the porch and the altar. Now, this is an interesting set of words here. The idea here, Joel, incredible book here. The porch could be referring to Solomon's porch. It could be referring to the porch in the temple. Uh, I'm thinking just in a broad sense, the porch is a place of where people gather. It's a pe- place where people come together. And the altar is a very specific place in the Holy of Holies. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place where uh, there's worship. There's a place of meeting God. right? We all have an altar in Hebrews 7.10. We all have an altar. But there's a difference between the porch and the altar. What is it? There's weeping. Now, this could mean physical tears in this particular case. Uh, I believe this verse is referring to physical tears or, but there's an inner anguish that the shepherd feels the mood of his sheep. And there's a moving of the heart. It's not business as usual. It's, it's, there's an inner anguish and there's a travailing in prayer. There is a seeking the face of God until he is found, not just some haphazard prayer, but there's a diligence. And this verse really struck me because I've read it years ago, but it struck me recently, like, Lord, I want to be touched with your heart. I want my heart to be touched with what your heart is touched about. Think about this when you when you read matthew nine thirty six I mean Jesus is saying, "My people are scattered, they're staggered like a drunk person because they're like sheep without a shepherd." And it's like, I don't know about you, that I believe that God is allowing this season to wake up the church and uh, wake up the remnant for that matter, or to mobilize the remnant. I believe the remnant's already awake, but to mobilize the remnant so that uh, not only that we would declare the word of the Lord, but that we would be the hands and feet of Christ, that we'd be the ministry of the word. So to weep between the... Uh, porch and the altar, because 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 what, what does that really mean? What does that really mean? Like uh, again, that there would be an observation and awareness to the heart and mind of God for people that are they're, they're in a state of ignorance, they're in a state of confusion, and there are seasons when we're all like this, Amen. But look what the prayer is. The prayer is this: Spare your people. That's an interesting. That's an interesting statement. Spare your people from what? Suffering? Destruction? Death? Maybe Maybe we could say spare your people from wasted years. Maybe spare your people from putting hope in false gods or false leaders, putting your hope in the wrong place. This word is very broad. But isn't this interesting when the shepherd lays down his life for his sheep? You know what he's doing? He's he's saying this, "Take me instead." I mean, we see this Jesus as our chief shepherd, uh, the bishop of our souls, "Take me instead." And th- you know, Moses said the same thing. He says, "If you're going to send those people to hell, send me instead." That's a shepherd. It isn't, you know, it isn't someone trying to preserve their life. It's not someone trying to defend their life. It's not someone trying to build their kingdom. But it's someone that is maybe misunderstood because of the gospel, right? First Peter chapter three. They suffer for righteousness sake. Maybe it's someone that is risking it all. All means by, by all means we win some because we're all things to all men. <clears throat> Whatever that might be. Might be first Corinthians six. We're beaten down, but we're not destroyed. Maybe it's we're rich, writ- we're very poor, but we're rich internally. Again, the shepherd is an important person in the grand scheme of things. Why? Because without a shepherd, sheep die. Without a shepherd, sheep get lost. Without a shepherd, the wolves will take them out. Because the wolves are always looking at sheep, always. And then God forbid the the wolves and lambs clothing, right? The the counterfeits. The shepherd knows. The shepherd knows in John chapter ten. Well, I love this. Spare. Your people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach. What's he saying? He's like, do not let what you've promised them not come to pass. Don't let the promise of, of Israel, don't let it be uh, un- unrealized. Don't Don't let it be delayed. This is like an amazing verse here. That the heathen should rule over them. Interesting. You know, what happened to Israel? If you look at God, you have God's plan, man's disobedience, man's suffering, and then God's in, God's saving. You know, it's like Genesis to Revelation. That's like God's plan, man's disobedience, and uh, God saves man again, right? And man is back on track with God. So the heathen will rule, I and mean, we see bad leadership throughout all our history. I mean, and that's a judgment on a nation, actually. That's one of the judgments. Uh, but the point is this. Is he's saying that even if there's bad leadership, we can be led by the shepherd. We can be led by the shepherd. Amen. I mean, the words of life, John 6, 63 and 66, these words, they set us free. Whereas they should say among the people, where is your God? Ha! See that statement? Oh, where's your God now? Your God's the your God is the God of the hills and not the valleys. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? We'll just see about that. And we continue by faith. We continue with boldness. We continue with courage that God gives. We continue being faithful to truth. And there's weeping. We're broken. We are touched. We are there's inner anguish. Uh, It's not business as usual. It's like, I'm angry at the devil, right? And we're not, people are not the enemy, right? The people are the ones that are needing to be cared for. Let's read Matthew 9. I just keep thinking about that verse, Matthew 9. Weeping between the porch, the thoroughfare, that place where people gather, and then we gather them to the altar. Between uh, our prayer life is that ministry between the porch and the altar. Our prayer life, uh, it's, it's amazing. Like uh, between our natural life and our spiritual life, right? God, is, God wants to break us. He wants to uh, bring in a sensitivity back to his spirit. And that's our prayer. Like in these days, Lord, keep us sensitive to your way. Lord, keep us with your mind. Lord, keep us with your wisdom. Alright, did I give the right verse? Yes, here it is. 9.36 uh, verse 35, and Jesus went to all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And But when he saw the multitude he was moved with compassion. We see this also in Matthew 14.14 14 as well. Uh, moved with compassion because they fainted, and that's Fainted in their mind, they were anxious, they were depressed, they were uh, divided, they had double mindedness, and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd <clears throat> there it is so when judgment is expressed, you will have two responses you will have you'll have people that are humbled, and they will draw near because god breaks through and then you have others that live in confusion and eventually become hard and they become even more hateful i mean it's amazing when you look at the tribulation there'll be people that'll be raising their fists fists at god more angry more hard and more spiteful than ever what is that well god will harden their heart just like pharaoh why you know so so it, it it's 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 a mystery here god is saying let's keep reaching, let's keep praying, let's keep loving, let's keep believing. Let's find the person that God's called us to minister to. Let's find them. It doesn't have to be the masses. It could be just one person. Love them, shepherd them, lead them into the flock of God. It's very interesting. You look at Song of Solomon. I've got to show you this one verse. It's all these correlations are coming together here. Song of Solomon 1. Okay, What happened with Song of Solomon 1? The Shulamite woman was busy pleasing everybody else and not taking care of her vineyard. And then she said, everyone's angry with me. And I think it's verse 8 through 11. It's It's amazing. We can be busy doing everyone else's bidding and still have them unsatisfied. And then she says this. She goes, Lord, show me where your flock rests. Show me where the path is so I can be back in the herd again, back in the pack again. Let me be back in that place where you feed your flock, feed your, your people. So I remember this, uh, this premonition I had years ago, and I don't put a lot of stock in this kind of premonition, uh, in dreams and premonitions, but this, never, this hasn't left me in, in years And I remember just seeing people running to the church. I just have this in my mind. People running to the church. And I think, I think we will see that maybe to some degree. People that will recognize the move of God and they say, listen, I can, if I'm isolated, if I'm alone, I'm going to, I'm going to die in every way, but I'm going to run to the house of God. You know our numbers have been up actually I've been watching our it's awesome our church is incredible like not only giving but um, people are 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 filling the seats it's very edifying and um, just to keep praying for our shepherd, keep praying for the people of God and as we move, yes, we may have a word, but let our life speak amen, let our life speak and Maybe God will use you to gather somebody in. Hey, hey, come close. Come, come into the, come into the, come into the pack. Come be with us. Hear a word. Stop feasting on all this, all this pig slop, right? The husks. Like, I mean, how much more do we have to hear about the problem? I mean, you know, give me a break. Like, we understand what's broken here. So, what are we going to do about it? We're going to get on our knees and we're going to move in the spirit. Right? It's amazing. I, I remember reading this from a, from a, a writer, you know, who's he, saying that quietness doesn't, is quietness is not in action. Patience is not in action. It's moving with the spirit. That's what it is. It's moving with the spirit. We can be very active, but also living in a spirit of patience. And a spirit of quietness. Quietness doesn't mean I'm sitting there with my mouth closed, you know, or or just doing nothing. It may we might have those those um contemplative moments and those times of of uh as my father would call it, blessed quietness. Uh I remember we had had four teenagers in our house, you know, growing up, and we were just hooligans, really. You know, gave my parents gray hair. Uh And I remember when we all went to bed, my father would say, blessed quietness. (laughs) The natives are asleep. Okay, okay, but it may be like that, but more it's our spirit. Like we heard last night, I thought last night's message was hallmark. It's our spirit. 10% happens, 90% is attitude, 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 attitude. So good. How am I responding will depend on the content of my heart. So let's let Psalm twenty-three, one, be our, our prayer. Lord, be my shepherd so I don't lose my mind, so that I don't want the wrong things, so that I don't become whatever. Fill in the blank. Amen. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless us. Bless our church. Bless our nation. Father, help us to weep. Be broken, be tuned in to the heavenly reality between the porch and the altar. Father, just, uh, do great things, uh, move, break the barriers, break through people's hearts. Use us, fathers, as, as under shepherds, letting you be our chief shepherd in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.